0: Hi everyone, Alexis Brooks here from Higher Journeys, back with another episode of conscious commentary. I hope this little message, this little musing segment finds you all doing very, very well. I'm um I'm feeling really good, but I have to admit I'm a little tired. I in fact, I'm pretty talked out. <laughs> and that's a tough one for me because as you all know, I just love to muse verbally. Uh great thing happened uh, just yesterday. Uh, I was uh, filmed for an upcoming documentary series that is, oh, it's going to be a ways before it's done. Um, So I can't really get into talking about it right now. But it was just such an enjoyable experience. Anytime I get to talk about my favorite subjects, that being consciousness and oh, synchronicity and um, and in some cases, some of the things that aren't so bright in this world. But um, in talking about our ability to shift the tide. That does make me feel good. And I got to talk about all those things yesterday. We filmed for oh, about an hour, hour and a half uh, until the sun fell. And uh, it was it was lovely. We really enjoyed it. So I am a little bit talked out. (laughs) But not too talked out to uh, resume my conscious commentary because I just love having this time with you and taking a, a few minutes, about 15 minutes or so to talk about um, issues of of life and of reality and of potential, most importantly. And, and today is obviously no exception. Today, I wanted to talk about um, intuition, another favorite subject of mine. And I know you've heard me speak of it before. It's still one of those things that I think most of us know we have. But indeed, it can elude us because it seems to be so inconsistent in how it delivers its messages. Uh, I think there's a lot that we can learn to to develop a keener sense a keen keener awareness of uh how intuition communicates with us and uh I have discussed uh, in the past what I feel to be incumbent upon anyone that wants to learn uh their intuition a little bit more to learn their to understand their learning style or their uh, receiving channel. Um, I happen to think the two kind of go hand in hand. We talked about that. I'm just going to mention it very briefly. All Each of us tends to have a, a, a specific learning style. Uh, typically, that would be auditory, visual, or kinesthetic, which is feeling. I've talked to people, I love to survey and, and ask them, what do you think your learning style is? And they'll when I present the three uh, auditory, uh, auditory, visual or kinesthetic, they'll say, well, I I think I'm a little bit of everything. (laughs) And it's funny, because a lot of people will say that. And they'll say, you know, I thought so too. But I really had to zone in and really kind of um, pick out the area in which I seem to resonate the most. And for me, at least at this point, I'm I'm going to say I'm more of an auditory learner. And with that being said, uh, I also feel that Frankly, my receiving as well as sending channel is strongest in the auditory form. So that's, uh, again, we have talked about that. Uh, Maybe I can list the episode in which we went into a little bit more detail on that. But uh, I would like you all, to really consider that as you're taking steps to develop your intuitive muscle. But that's not what I really want to focus on today. Rather, what I want to focus on. And this is another little fun exercise I called in the post a little cheat sheet, kind of adding to what we talked about last time. And that's in how perhaps changing your daily routine, mixing it up with other things may in fact be Uh, a way of training your brain to decode reality a little bit different for you. So I don't look at what we're about to talk about today is that much different. I mean, we're trying to incorporate new practices and new ideas into our our daily lives so that we can see some different and uh, obviously more positive results. So here are a few things that I thought I would share with you uh, as far as strengthening the intuitive muscle. Here's the first one. And you know, I have to tell you, as some of you, maybe many of you know, I do counsel uh, individuals privately, in helping them develop their intuition for them, because there is no one size fits all. I have said that before. And so in the spirit of recognizing that there is no one size fits all, I want to, I want to, again, give you a few exercises to try that might help you Uh, not only discover your intuitive channel, what that primary channel is, of course, I'd like you to really give that a thought, uh, auditory, visual or kinesthetic, but may help to align you uh, in when that does come in, once you know the channel that it comes in, you will be able to tell the difference between an intuitive hit and all that other mental chatter that typically (laughs) dominates the left brain. So here goes, here's the first one. I want you to try something, unless you are ambidextrous, meaning that you use both hands uh, equally, most don't, but there are some, in fact, my husband uh, tends to be, can use both hands, he bats left and right. <laughs> for those that aren't, you're left-handed, I want you to try to use your right hand. This are for the left-handed people, actually, it doesn't matter. I'm left-handed, so we'll start with that. Use your right hand to do as many things as you can. We know it's awkward. And I want you to take the most awkward things um, that you might do. Uh, For instance, and let me, let me just, let me go back a little bit. This isn't just for left-handed people. What I want you to do, let me, let me rephrase this. Take your non-dominant hand. So it doesn't matter, matter whether you're left-handed or right-handed, your non-dominant hand and try, try a couple of things. Here's what I've tried we tend to cook you're stirring a pot right and you're you're stirring it with a spoon or whatever I I would imagine you're going to use your dominant hand to do that I know that there's some things that we will use our non-dominant hand to do we might pick up a glass or something with our non-dominant hand and that doesn't feel too awkward but there are certain things that are extremely awkward to do and one of them that I found is stirring a pot Or essentially just cooking whatever tool, you know, hand tool you're using, a a big fork or a spatula or a big spoon. Try stirring or, you know, even serving food with that non dominant hand. Try it and you'll see how awkward it is. And frankly, the more awkward it is, I think the better it will be. I'm going to get to why I think this might uh, be helpful in developing the intuitive muscle. It may sound a little out there to you for the moment, but I'll get to that. Here's another thing you might do with your non dominant hand that I tried so awkward. And that's brushing your teeth. Oh my goodness, it was the funniest thing. I tried it the other day. And I realized, first of all, there was no way I I did I managed to brush my teeth with my right hand because I'm left handed. And I felt Like I didn't even get the job done right because I was afraid to use the same motion that I would typically do with my my dominant hand, my left hand. It was so funny. But in doing that, I realized how awkward it was. And I said, oh, that's something that I'm going to put on the list. I think that would be great. Um, The third and and final thing that I would recommend that is probably I should have mentioned it first, the most awkward and that's writing writing your name. <laughs> I think I brought this up recently in some some talk I was doing. But how awkward is that when you write anything with your non-dominant hand? I mean, these days, we're not using our hands to write anything. We're using our thumbs to text and our fingers to type. But um, let's go back to using that pen or pencil and try writing out something, even just your name with that non-dominant hand. These are three very, uh, what I would call awkward things that you would do with that non-dominant hand, like I said, other things like picking up a glass and I don't know opening a door, something like that would probably be less arduous. But this is these are awkward. Now, let me get to why I think this would be helpful. Many of you know that um, t- I, I say typically, and this may be the case a hundred percent of the time. But if say you're left-handed, or let's say you're right-handed, because I think we have more right-handed people out there than left-handed, um, you tend to well. They say that your dominant hand controls the other side of your brain, something like that. So if I'm, I'm left-handed, I tend to be right-brained, meaning more, a little bit more idealistic, a little bit more intuitive. I tend to rely on the right side of the brain a little bit more than that more logical, <laughs> pragmatic uh, left-side So that's that's how uh, it has been described that the the dominant hand that we have typically means that the opposite side is more prevalent of our brain. The opposite side of our brain is what we we tend to use more in bringing in the opposite, bringing in the non-dominant hand. This is just a sense I'm getting. This is not really I haven't done that much research on it. It's really kind of an instinctual Uh, sense that I'm getting about the fact that what we're trying to do is bring our brain into an an alignment. We obviously have two sides of the brain more really, but the two predominant sides left and right are meant to be in alignment. Why does one typically dominate over another? My sense is that if we can bring our non-dominant hand into play, using it, using those motor skills, we may in fact, start to bring the opposite side of our brain more into alignment. And when it's more in alignment, we're operating with a whole now, not just a part of the brain. And when we do that, we're inviting um, both sides to have equal play, including our intuitive side. And so that's, that's the, the, that made sense (laughs) to me, sixth sense, as a matter of fact yeah, I thought about that. I really kind of sat and I mused about it for a while. I don't think I had ever, ever heard that. So I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm the first one to come up with this idea. Um, and I don't know that it uh, has a proven result. But it makes sense to me that once you can bring balance and alignment into how the brain operates, you're prime, you, you will be more primed to accept intuitive messages and not bifurcate them. You know, we think, you know, in, intuition is on the right side, logic is on the left side or ego is on the left side, but they're kind of shaking hands and uh, one is allowing the other to come in more freely. So that's one thing I'd like you to try. Try incorporating using your non-dominant hand as much as you can. Try, I don't know, one exercise a day. Um, The goal is not to switch from your uh, dominant hand to non-dominant hand and make that your dominant hand. The goal is to integrate, integration. So that's what we're going to call that. Okay, so that's one suggestion I would use. Here's another peripheral vision. That's always been an interesting thing to me because we all have it, right? You, you can look straight ahead and uh, obviously, depending on the strength of your vision, you will be able to see both left and right sides to a degree, you won't be able, you probably won't be able to make out um, that many details. But I, as I'm looking uh, right at my microphone right now, I can see the my surroundings to an extent on both sides, that's peripheral vision. Now, here's the point I want to make about that. that this is another one of those things that I had never heard, but had mused over quietly, and came up with a very interesting theory, let's just say. And this is where it gets a little, not strange, but a little mysterious, let's say. We have many of us have had instances in which we could swear we sensed something to our left or our right, you know, maybe it was a light, a spark. Maybe it was, I don't know, a bit of a ghostly sort of silhouette, something, something that you would invariably turn your head and whatever it is you thought you saw would not be there. Well, it said that our peripheral vision may in fact be connected to the more subtler realms. Remember, we, we are our visible spectrum is as humans is so teeny, teeny tiny. In fact, many animals have a much broader visual perspective than we do. Uh, I'm not an expert on that, but I am f- somewhat familiar with that hypothesis. So we we aren't, aren't seeing that much of what's out there at all. However, there are occasions in which we can get glimpses typically through the peripheral channel, left and right. So I want to cut to the chase because I know we're running short on time. Here's what I'd like you to do. Stand, you can sit or stand however you like to do. I'm sitting right now. So I'm going to do this exercise where I'm staring directly in front of me, you want to get a center view as much as possible. Do not look to the side, obviously, but what I want you to do is look straight ahead and then see how far you can see peripherally. And I want you to say out loud, I see a chair to my left. It's blue. It's got pillows. What color are the pillows? Where are they placed? I see a couch to my right. I'm just saying this hypothetically. Um, and describe it as best you can. And what I want you to do is see how far back you can go. What we're trying to do is expand the peripheral spectrum, which I think can be done. You may be even strengthening your eyesight in the process. I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to lend any credence there. But I do think it's it's worth trying. I I certainly don't think it would hurt. What again, I want you to do is stare straight ahead, See how far back you can recognize your surroundings peripherally. I want you to name what you see out loud. This is something I I would say we try every day, because what we want to do is expand, expand, expand and see how far away from the center we can identify our surroundings. As we do that, what I believe we may be doing is expanding our ability to sense Subtle realms. The intuitive channel lives in that subtle realm. It is the sixth sense. It's not physical. What we perhaps think we see or sense peripherally most probably isn't physical. And yet it is somehow coming in through our peripheral vision. It's fascinating. I'm going to look into it a little bit more. But I do feel. And I'm going to say this is a little bit of an instinct on my part, that if we practice that as well, that will prime the intuitive antenna and allow uh, the intuitive hits, we'll call it messages, whether they be visual, auditory or kinesthetic to come in. Okay, so that's the second thing. Here's the third. I was thinking about this. There were a few more that I had, but and if I come up with more, I'll I'll post them. Again, what we're trying to do is strengthen our sense, our sixth sense, not the physical senses, although I do think they come into play on occasion. But what we want to do is is really take out of dormancy that aspect of us, which is connected, I really strongly feel, to this infinite field of awareness and knowledge, including intuitive knowledge. See if you can sense the time of day at any given time. Now this I know I spoke about, I think I had done a little uh, vlog for my Facebook page. and I think I brought this up. It's kind of fun. I started doing this (laughs) kind of by not by accident, but I think because I was too lazy in the morning to to roll over and look at the the clock that's actually on my husband's side of the bed. I have to look over him to see what time it is. Um, So I said, you know, instead of getting up and looking to see what time it is, I'm going to see if I can tell by the the angle of the sun, even when it's cloudy. There are times I can times that I can sense the time and then I'll look and say, I have to tell you folks more times than not, I'm within five or 10 minutes, certainly on the hour, within the hour. Again, what we're doing is tuning in to the unseen. We're tuning into the felt really. What does it feel like? What time does it feel like? Even though I happen to think that time is a construct, but that's a whole nother story. But what does it feel like when you when you get up in the morning? Before, I have a feeling that some of you have done this as well. I have a feeling, maybe for the same reason, because you're too lazy to get up and look at the clock if it's not right in front of you. But it's a neat thing. Once I started doing it, I said, you know, it's interesting that I'm I'm kind of attuned now to the time. Uh, there are occasions that I'll get up and go to the bathroom in the morning uh, and I'm not totally up yet it may be pretty early and I can pretty much tell oh it feels like it's about six ish uh, and again you know you could be looking at the position of the sun that's that's somewhat calculated look that's what our indigenous cultures did for for many many years before there were clocks I think it's worth trying that and I think that's worth cultivating in any case really what we're really doing, folks, is really trying to realign with a very natural cycle and a natural process. We have way too many prompts to tell us, Here, here's the time, you know, uh, looking at the timer to, to find out when our food will be done or, or when we can leave work or whatever, the time particularly. All of these exercises are really about saying, hey, universe, hey, intuition, I'm willing to reconnect with you. And so I'm going to try these things because I don't have to be set in these ways. If I'm left handed, I'm going to try my right hand. If I am, uh, what was the second thing we said? Um, Oh, peripheral vision. It's also something that we're naturally imbued with. We can strengthen that. Isn't it interesting that all these things are somehow connected to the invisible world, sensing uh, the time of day? I think we should try it. So I'm going to leave you with that. Oh, I'm way over time well not way over we're at about 20 minutes we do have some flexibility here so thanks for joining listen go to the companion post um leave me some comments and try out some things and if you come up with any other little exercises that we can add to our little what i call our cheat sheet mm, intuitive arsenal let me know because i'm sure there's some other things and if i come up with more i will let you know as well deal deal (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to Conscious Commentary. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.